weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and to deal with sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his Spirit that dwells in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we pray together? Father, we acknowledge by grace we're your children. And as we, your children, meet together in one place at one time and open the pages of Holy Scripture, we pray that the Spirit who inspired these sacred words might even now rest upon our lives, quicken within us, and cause us to walk in the way of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. I find it interesting how people are formed in different ways of life. That's to say, uh, sometimes you can recognize within a certain profession if a particular member of that profession has been to a particular training school, 
or if they've been apprenticed by a particular person, they'll pick up some of the skills and habits, good and not so good, of the person apprenticing them. And of course, this applies in all sorts of walks of life, and uh, I could go on, but let me hone in on a couple that I've noticed. There are two organizations within the Christian world. One is the Navigators that have been out uh, Uh, in the Lord's work for a number of years and they're famous for scripture memorization and various other um, tricks and tips uh, for the Christian life. And you can often recognize people who have been trained by the navigators. And I was working once with uh, someone over a number of years and I suddenly thought, uh, this is very interesting. There's a particular trait or a particular resilience and robustness and earnestness about how this particular person was operating within church and getting things done and so on and so forth. And then in uh, informal conversation, I discovered that she'd worked with OM for a number of years. Uh, I've done a season with OM, and anyone that's been part of Operation Mobilization will know what I'm talking about, because you've all got branded with the same form of apprenticeship and teaching. You are formed by something, somehow, and by someone, for good or ill. You might like to reflect what your particular key drivers of formation in life and Christian service have come from. Of course, terrifyingly, we will be those that form and shape others as well. Let me swiftly get on to the book of Romans, which has been our happy diet for a good few weeks now. And indeed, we are tasting some of the fresh air of uh, the Himalayas uh, in Romans chapter 8. I curiously, this says more about me than the book of Romans, I often remember Romans as you skip across a stream with different stones. And I go from one to three to five One is all about the power of the gospel. Three is all about the fallenness of humankind. Five is all about how God brings us peace through Christ. Two, of course, is all about the problems if you don't heed the gospel of Christ. Four is always about that great hero of faith, Abraham, and the promise that comes to us. Six is all about the fact it's a struggle. And these things um, can be formed within us as you get to grip, get to grips with the heart of the teaching of Romans. I wonder what it would mean to be formed by the book of Romans. You might feel we've had enough of it and we're going to be doing more in the new year with Godfrey's series from the Bible Society, uh, which I have to say is one of the best courses that have come out on Romans in the new year, if you're interested, Wednesdays, during the day. When in Rome, (laughs) do as the Romans do. That probably isn't the metaphor and illustration to stay with us. But I wonder what Romans 8 will do to us if we're formed by it. I wonder if someone bumps into you, whether they would sense that you'd, oh, as a Romans 8 person... Oh, so you've worked with Operation Mobilization, have you? Or you were trained by this consultant in that hospital? Or you learned your car mechanic skills down that garage? Gosh, you're a really 
good seamstress. I wonder what the scent or the shape of Romans 8 would be for you because this is marvellous, clear sky, Himalayan, beautiful oxygen to breathe in as you ascend the heights. wonder if you've ever been there. wonder if you've tasted it. If you have, you're going to want to go back. I'm going to go heresy bashing. Maybe not too hard. In fact, I'm not going to go heresy bashing. I'm going to go heresy rebranding. The first heresy I'm going to rebrand is dispensationalism. Now these, when you meet the real people who are dispensationalists, are, let me tell you, switch the microphone off, a serious bunch of crazies. Find another dinner party. Find another group of friends. They believe that God did this then, then he can't do it now. He'll do this then, he can't do that. State of Israel, state of the church, pre-millennial, amillennial, not great people to be around. Let me rebrand dispensationalism. Simply put, this is not the age of the Aquarius or the age of this or that. Paul in Romans 8 says this is the age of the Spirit. So if someone is going to meet you and you're a Romans 8 person, there will be something genuinely about the life of the Spirit within you. The law of the Spirit of life. Paul talks about in verse 2. He doesn't specifically talk about the age of the Spirit, but all of a sudden the Spirit comes on the scene in Romans. And certainly the Spirit needs to come on all genuine children of God. Otherwise you'll not get very far. You'll be formed and shaped by all sorts of other things. The law of the Spirit of life. Or, in verse 5, the things of the Spirit. Interesting phrase. Are you familiar with the things of the Spirit? Contrasted with the things of the flesh. I wonder what you would think about when Paul writes of the things of the flesh. I wonder, have you experienced the things of the Spirit? Paul's theology is not particularly well worked through here. He just shades it in. He just touches upon it. And it's a very powerful theme in other aspects of his writing. It's very clear that you'll not become a Christian by yourself. It's a work of grace. Nothing you can do or say or be will ever get you to heaven. You are a Christian solely by grace. So New Testament Christians would say, I'm saved by grace. It's all of God, not of me. But what about what Paul is speaking about here? Sanctification, not being put right with God, but once you're with God, how do you then continue with God? This is to do with the law of the Spirit. It's to do with the things of the Spirit. In other words, it's not to do with the law of the flesh. In fact, it's got nothing to do with you at all. Paul's theology is brilliant. It's all of God that you become a child of God. And it's all of God that you continue to grow as a child of God. It's the complete opposite of a self-made man or woman 
who is there because they've been so good. If you're shaped by Romans, it will be seen that you're shaped through being a Christian and going on a disciple by nothing other, wholly and solely by the Spirit of God. We are in the age of the Spirit. Now the next heresy, not to bash but to rebrand, is of course universalism, mentioned here in Romans 8. Not the heresy that it really doesn't matter what you do in life, it doesn't matter what you think of Jesus, because God loves everyone, and at the end of the road, everyone will get there. It's a universal heresy. (laughs) The Scriptures don't say that, but that's a sermon for another day. One, in fact, I've done many times before, and I refuse to speak on it for less than half an hour. And I also say that Jesus never speaks about it without crying. And that's being authentic to the pages of Scripture. But let's rebrand this heresy and call it the universal appeal for the whole of life. Perhaps it shouldn't be universalism, but holism. In other words, what's the Spirit for? Well, it's for, as Paul says here, life to your mortal bodies. It is, once you've tasted it, something about, verse 6, life and peace. It is what you do, in verse 4, what you're doing when you're walking in the Spirit. In other words, it's got very little to do with the songs we sing on Sunday. It's very got little to do with what we do here in church. But please sing well, and please keep coming back. What it's got everything to do is what you universally do with the rest of your life. That's where the age of the Spirit wants to come across every aspect of all of your life. What's in your wardrobe? What you talk about in your bedroom? What you eat from your kitchen? Who you welcome into your home? Who you don't welcome into your home? What you do with your money? What you don't do with your money? What you think about? What you don't think about? It's whatever defines you as you You're living in the age of the Spirit and the Spirit wants to come and be part of you. Not just the holy bits, but all the bits. Because it's universally there for everything about you. And once you've tasted this fresh air and gone mountain climbing in the Himalayas and you've finally got over the headiness of it all, so Paul comes in Romans chapter 12 Offer your souls and your bodies the little bit of Sunday and certainly the rest of the week. Offer it to God. Lay it all before him and let him transform you by the power of his spirit. The third heresy we're going to bash or rebrand is realism. The heresy, of course, of realism is that, well, it's real, that, that this is all there is. That, that there's no God. Realism is actually a counterpoint to theism. There is a God, and to be totally real, you need to understand that there is a God and be real with him. Realists, to study philosophy, would say, well, this is all there is. 
The heresy, of course, is a fool says in their heart there's no God because there is one. But there is a realism, I'm rebranding it, about the life of the Spirit. The realism is, of course, if salvation belongs to Christ and it's not of you, and our sanctification belongs to God and it's not of you, the realistic proposition that Paul talks about is that it still depends on you a little bit. So remember, this is how he starts this mountain climbing exercise in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. He uses this memorable phrase, remember who you are, you're in Christ. It's also there in verse 2, the law of the spirit of, of those of you who are in Christ Jesus. Notice we're not, verse 6, to set our minds on the things of the flesh, but set your mind on things of the Spirit. Your debtors, verse 12, to what the Spirit's given you. We're living in this age when he can come to you. And so we are indebted to God to receive this Spirit. Probably quite perplexing where it mentions put to death the things that aren't pleasing to God, that you might please God by the power of the Spirit. Pastorally, exactly what that means, will need thinking about for you. But putting to death is a striking image. It doesn't mean messing around with it. It doesn't mean once in a while. It means it's gone. It's stopped it's dead, like the parrot, fallen off its perch. The key thing is to seek God's help with it. This is the age of the Spirit, the universal aspect of all of our lives. Really, it does depend on you inviting the Spirit in to this particular part of your life. Of course, you can sense when people have been touched by the Spirit of God. It's life. It's peace. You can see it. It's beautiful. It comes from Him. Nearly done. The last heresy to rebrand is dynamism. It is, of course, a Christian heresy that it's all over to you, that you can do it because you're dynamic, you're forceful, you're powerful, you can make it happen. I digress a little bit as vicar. I could do with some people like that, I have to say, in the local church. That, that would be great. <laughs> But the dunamis, the power, that's literally from the Greek, comes from God. And those of us that recognize that it's from him, not from us, there's a complete paradox going on here. Because at one level you realize, goodness me, he's there. But I'm not, but I am, and he's still there. It's his spirit within you. Notice how Paul speaks about this. Notice how even you can know that you know this. By the Spirit we cry, Abba, Father. 
You're not making a show. You're not posing. You're not one-upping on other, anybody else. You're just recognizing what the Spirit is doing in you. I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm his child. His Spirit's at work in me. And I can sense that and see that. Do you know the dynamism of the Spirit? Do you know what Paul speaks about here? The witness with our spirit and his spirit that you're his and he's yours and something's happening beyond you in spite of you? This is the dynamism of the Holy Spirit or what Paul speaks about if you're still with this lovely Himalayan walkabout in the brilliant oxygenated air that will revive you through and through. You're a child of God. It's a leap within you that you know this. I'm going to conclude, and Simon's going to help me in a moment with this conclusion, which is a little bit of a comedy attached to it. How do we maintain this life of the Spirit? Probably a whole day we could talk on on this. Probably it's whole life to get right. But let me make four obvious points. It's good to make company with the people of the Spirit. Navigators stay together. The Operation Mobilization alumni is still going. People of the Spirit recognize that and recognize without that corporate nature of belonging, you yourself will grow cold. It is very much not oh, it's we meet with people like us. It's not that at all. God doesn't bless individuals. He blesses individuals in the company of his people because we all need each other. And then we have the book of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, which is a lamp and a light to our feet. Beware of people who say, well, I really don't understand that, so I don't have to believe it. Or it's full of contradictions. Or this is fascinating, what an interesting intellectual exercise. This is, is it 10,000 angels on that pinhead? Or is it 5,500? This is fascinating. We need to get to the bottom of this to find out how our lives can change. Oh, my word. Beware of overcomplicating things pitiful actually to do this now but I bumped into John Milbank the other day who is probably the brightest and best theologian this country knows and in a vain point of arrogance I bought his book to prove that this inexplicable theologian could be un understood by my finite brain I think I understood about a tenth of it Simon's going to read a random paragraph and see how you get on